0: in to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. Ah yes, you heard the man, you are now locked in to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. I am your host, Dane Powell, and if you didn't know... There's only one thing we do here, folks, and that is Texas sports only It's drama free. No nonsense. That's the only sports coverage you're going to get here. You can find us on YouTube, all the socials, podcasts on all the platforms. You got Spotify and Apple and and uh, I don't know, tuned in and, and, and a bunch of other things. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. That's where you can listen to us. But the easiest way to find us simplemansports.com that's it simplemansports.com go there you'll be able to find all the links all the videos the podcast we got content coming out the ears we're talking cowboys we're talking texans astros rangers baylor longhorns umhb we're even going to get into some nba because it's getting fired up folks we got the mavs getting started the spurs the rockets i'm 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 pumped up we're rocking and rolling here It's Simple Man Sports, Lone Star, Texas sports only. We've also got your Centech scoreboard where we take a look at the local athletes here in Central Texas to see what we got going on. We're going to fire it off with some Baylor. What are the Bears doing right now? Taking a break, chilling out, relaxing. But we're going to update you on some things, let you know what's going on with the Baylor Bears who are currently sitting 7th in the Big 12. So before we get into what they're going to be looking at on their schedule coming up, fun little note, running back Richard Reese has signed an NIL deal with none other than Reese's. Yes, the delicious peanut butter filled chocolate that can be found in every Halloween loving child's bag all across the country. Reese's is really my personal favorite, if I'm being honest. Wish I was more athletic and NIL was a thing because, you know, hey, free Reese's right on. But his deal in specific, Mr. Rich Reese includes uh, reportedly includes a Reese's Reese gold chain and pendant Reese's cup links. Do you do you see what they did there? Reese's cup links think to talk about some sweet cuffs, cuff, cuff links, you know, you know, looking fly, got the cuffs looking fresh, some Reese's cup links and a Reese's brand mini fridge for the locker. Now, I don't know exactly how that fits into the, uh, you know, dietary schedule there, but you can't complain about going back to the locker and being able to get little peanut butter filled pumpkin. Easter time, chocolate eggs with peanut butter inside. It's a delicious thing. Reese's shout out to you Richard Reese shout out to you young man for getting your business handled NIL beautiful thing now as for the rest of the Baylor Bears they will be looking for a bounce back game after a 36 to 25 loss to number seven OSU Oklahoma State's been on a tear they're doing their thing they're handling business in the Big 12 and Baylor was their last victim, so they'll be looking to bounce back on this one in a game against West Virginia. It's another conference matchup, but this is this is a good opportunity for the Bears to get back on track. West Virginia ranked at the bottom of the Big Twelve, ranked towards the bottom, not the very bottom, but nonetheless not the best in the conference. Hopefully, Baylor can uh, you know do a little bit of something with that. West Virginia lost their last matchup to the Bears 45-20 last year. But West Virginia is going to be looking to bounce back too because they just took an L to the Longhorns 38-20 on the 1st of October. So again, the Bears have West Virginia coming up, and that is what is on the schedule for them. Now we're going to slide from Waco on down to Austin to see how UT is handling business. And boy, did they handle it. They are sitting at four and two, and they had a massive blowout win over the Sooners 42 to nothing. A shutout, not a score, not a field goal, not a safety, nothing. Red River Showdown, the biggest, most lopsided win in Red River Showdown history, came this weekend at the expense of the Sooners. This was also, and I told you last week, he was eyeballing it. So this was the return of Quinn Ewers. It is his first game action back since he went down with a shoulder injury against Alabama. He's been out four weeks, if you include the Alabama game. In that game, he went nine for 12 for 134 yards before leaving and this game he showed us that he is just fine. Quinn Ewers goes 21 of 31 for 289 yards and four. Not one, not two or three, but four touchdowns and one interception. Now that and in, in, that interception was a it was a duck. It was he was under a lot of pressure, tried to get it out. He was on the far side hash, and uh, it was there for the picking, and that's exactly what happened. So he got that pick on the day. Obviously didn't make a whole lot of difference because Oklahoma did nothing with it. But John Robinson, 22 carries, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, I told you last week that he had three weeks in a row with at least 101 yards. This 130-yard game puts him at four weeks straight of over at least 101 yards. Jonathan Brooks also picked up a rushing touchdown. On the receiving end of things here was Jordan Whittington, five receptions, 97 yards, along with Jatavian Sanders, five receptions, 71 yards, But he saw the end zone twice. That's back to back games for Sanders now with two trips to the end zone. Xavier Worthy and Keelan Robinson also had a touchdown apiece. Longhorns controlled this game from kickoff, as you can tell. UT had a 28 to nothing lead going into halftime. They're going to look to take this momentum from this big game in to Austin, to face Iowa State. They're going back home, another conference rival. Iowa State comes into their house. Longhorns are going to look to continue business as usual. Now, side note for UT, former Longhorns kicker Cameron Dicker will be making his NFL debut today. Yes, today. He was picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles and he will be coming in to take the place of Jake Elliott, who was injured during last week's game. So, UT fans, if you want to see old Cameron Dicker handle business in the NFL, this weekend is your chance. Let's take a quick look at Texas Tech. They have now moved to three and three. Red Raiders lose to number seven OSU after a 27 to 20 halftime lead. They had it, but this is two weeks. That they have lost the game in the second half. Tech's been coming out all right, but they just are not finishing, and that is why you're three and three. They'll have another shot at home against West Virginia on October twenty second. Then, last but not least, for today, TCU number seventeen. They are undefeated, five and o. Oh. They just handled a 38-31 to win over number 19, Kansas. They're first in the Big 12. They've won five straight, and they're going to see a boost in the AP rankings this afternoon, guaranteed. Next up, they will be looking at number 7, OSU, at home on October 15th. That's some of the stuff that we've got going on in Texas college football. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be taking a look at the MLB to see what's going on for the Astros and the Rangers right here on Simple Man Sports Lone Star. Welcome back to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. It's Texas sports only. That's what we're talking, and right now, we're looking at the MLB. We got the Rangers and the Strohs. We'll start with the Rangers because, uh, you know, let's get it knocked out. Get it out of the way. It's not a whole lot to talk about. Season's over for them. Rangers finished 68-94. and 94. They got swept by the Angels last week, and then they split the final series against the Yankees, winning the last two games, bringing them the 60, from 66 to 68 wins. Not that it makes a whole lot of difference but I believe most of that is probably because the Yankees let off the pedal a little bit. They got the postseason to look at, which the Rangers obviously don't. Fun fact, 53 of the losses that came this year were games of two runs or less. And in 35 of those games, it was one run. So they're going to have a busy off season. They got manager search going on. They need some new arms for their rotation maybe a bat or two. We'll see how the offseason pans out for them. Now, DeGrom and Kershaw are going to be free agents, so they may catch some eyes. And I know this may sound a little bit weird, a little bit off, but Ranger fans, there may be a possible reunion with Gallo. He had an off year. Maybe he wants to come back to Texas. We'll see how it pans out, if he fits into the payroll Think there's going to be a payroll expansion this year for the for the Rangers, so expect plenty of moves from them. We'll see how they act in the draft. They finish tied for seventh worst in baseball, so draft position is not going to be terrible. And a number one overall pick isn't completely out of the question for them. Okay, I'm not sure if y'all are big numbers people or how you feel about percentages, but they have a five point five percent chance to get the number one overall pick during the draft lottery this is something that they need to use on pitching that is their biggest need this offseason as i said maybe they could pick up a couple more bats but pitching is where they need to be looking but as i said the season is over for the rangers yet another stinker 68 94 under 500 nowhere to go but up from here now, speaking of up at the top of the ALDS, you've got the Astros 106 and 56 to finish the season. They finished the season by winning a series against the Philadelphia Phillies. The one that they lost is actually the one that got the Phillies into the postseason. They're in the wild card deal right now, uh, but that came at the expense of a loss from the Astros. Right now, they're resting during the wild card round. But they're going to end up facing the Seattle Mariners who swept the Blue Jays in two games in the wild card round. So that match is set for the ALDS. A little side note here. I just want to mention that I appreciate what Dusty Baker did. He played the starters through the end of the season. And he did it, at, quote from Dusty, for the integrity of the game, which I do appreciate. But right now the Astros are sitting pretty, and Verlander is set to start on the mound for the Astros in the first game of the ALDS on October 11th. So mark that date on your calendar. That will be the next Texas baseball that you get to take a look at. Now we're getting ready to take a look at the Centex scoreboard where we get to look around our central Texas area and see how our student-athletes are doing with some of this Texas football. But before we slide into the high school football, we're going to check out Division Three Monsters UMHB. They beat East Texas Baptist University 24-7 to this weekend. In my personal opinion, this is probably the best, most well-rounded game that they've had all season. 361 total yards, okay, 211 passing, and 150 on the ground. They don't sound like ridiculous, crazy numbers that they've had the past couple of weeks, but as I said, this has been the most well-rounded game that I've seen out of Mary Harden-Baylor so far. As I mentioned last week, they had seven penalties for 88 yards. That's a problem. Can't have that. Got to clean it up. And that's exactly what they did this week. They only had two penalties for 20 yards at East Texas Baptist. So big improvement. Good job, fellas, at UMHB. Their next game is a road game at Texas Lutheran, and they're coming off a win against Austin, 37-15. to So they'll look to keep their momentum, but they have their work cut out for them against the crew. Now we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to the Sentech scoreboard. You're listening to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. Welcome back to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. I'm your host, Dane Powell. And right now, we are going to check out the Sentech scoreboard. What's the Centex scoreboard? The Centex scoreboard is where we check out our student athletes here in Central Texas and we get some good old Texas high school football scores, standings. Let's check it out. First, we get started with 5A Division I, Region One District Four, the Colleen Kangaroos, two and four overall, two and two in district standings. They are currently sitting 7th. They're coming off a loss to Lake Belton, 13-43, to 43, and their next stop is at Ellison. Next up is the Shoemaker Gray Wolves, 3-2 overall, 3-2 in district, 4th in district standings. They're coming off a loss to Red Oak, 35-38. to 38. That was on September 30th. Next up, they've got Waco at home. Then we've got the Lake Belton Broncos, six and one overall four and one in district, currently sitting in second. They beat Colleen 43 to 13, and they've got Granberry coming up at home. And then we have the Ellison Eagles, three and three overall two and two in district play. They are currently sitting 6th. They're coming off a win at Cleburne, 47-17, to and they have Colleen coming up at home. So good matchup coming to Leo Buckley. Now we're moving into 5A, Division II, Region Three District 11, the Belton Tigers sitting at 5-2 overall, 3-1 in district play, currently standing at 2nd. They beat Rouse 43-13, to and next up, they will be at Pflugerville. So, they're headed to Austin to try to grab that next win. And then we've got 6A Region 2 District 12, the Temple Wildcats. Now, timeout, okay? Hey, I'm human. I make mistakes. It has come to my attention that last week, the standings and – Current win-loss was all jacked up for the Wildcats. That's on me. I do apologize. We are good to go this week. The Temple Wildcats are 5-2 overall, 3-0 oh in district play, currently sitting first. They beat Midway 44-10, and they've got Hutto coming to their house. So, Wildcats, you're sitting at first. It's looking good. Then we've got the Harker Heights Knights. Six and one overall, three and one in district play. They're right behind the Wildcats, sitting in second. They beat Hutto 42 to 21, and they've got Temple at home on October 21st. Then there's the Copperas Cove Bulldogs, two and four overall, 0 and two in district play, currently standing seventh. Coming off a loss to Weiss, 20 to 51. They've got Midway coming to their house. And that rounds it out for our student athletes here in Central Texas on the Centex scoreboard. You're listening to Simple Man Sports, Lone Star. <laughs> All right, folks, it is that time of year. The NBA season is finally here. It is kicking off here in the Texas, and the Mavs, the Spurs, and the Rockets are getting fired up. It is preseason time, and we are checking out the Dallas Mavericks first. Preseason's going. Mavs start a win. Not that surprising, but they beat OKC 98-96 to on the 5th. But then they dropped a game to the Magic, 110-105 to on Friday. Keep in mind, it's preseason, just like NFL. Preseason really just warming up, getting tuned in a little bit. But their next matchup is at Utah on the 14th. That's going to wrap up their preseason. They will then open the regular season with a matchup against Booker and the Suns on october 19th the san antonio spurs are getting it rolling as well they start the preseason with two losses two l's to get it going on the season they lost 134 to 96 to the rockets on the second of october and they lost 102 to 99 to orlando on thursday They've got another game tonight at 6 o'clock against Zion and the Pelicans. They're going to go on to open the regular season by playing against the Hornets at home. Then we've got the Houston Rockets. Two wins to start the preseason. They beat the Spurs, and they had a great win against the Raptors. They got two more preseason games. They're going to go against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. And then they've got the Pacers on the roster. They're going to open regular season play against the Atlanta Hawks on October 19th. Now, I'm keeping it short and sweet on the NBA side of things right now. We're going to get it rolling more in depth as the season starts to fire off. NBA season is here, folks. So get fired up for some Texas basketball. All right, now it is Sunday, so that means NFL football. It also means another week of the Texans trying to find their first win of the season. They are 0-3-1. And they haven't gotten a win. They got themselves a tie. That, you know, that counts for something, right? It's got to count for something. Last week's effort didn't count for a whole lot as they dropped one to the two and two LA Chargers. 34 to 24. Davis Mills, again, serviceable. He's just, I don't believe he's the answer in Houston. They're going to have to take this record, take them picks, and take themselves to the draft to find a new QB this offseason, in my opinion. Mills went 26 for 35 for 246 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. It's the two picks. You're looking at a 10-point game, two turnovers, makes a difference. Most of the offense on the day came from running back Damian Pierce. He had 14 carries for a whopping 131 yards and a touchdown. He's got a 9.4 average on yardage per carry. Damian Pierce is starting to come out of his shell here. He's really starting to show why he was picked. And that he can be the number one guy in Houston. Haven't heard a lot from Burkhead. Burkhead's still going to get some of the passing down action. He finished the day with five receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. So we saw the end zone. But his production is pretty much going to be based around some passing. And if he's lucky, he hits pay dirt. Brandon Cooks led the day in receptions. He had seven for 57 and a touchdown. But Nico Collins was the top receiver for the day with three receptions, 82 yards, 27.3 yard average. So he was going downfield. Mills was finding him a little bit, but they're still going to need more production if they want to get a W in this year's column. Now, today, the Texans go against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are two and two. Trevor Lawrence, Super Bowl champion coach Doug Peterson. They're trying to get some things accomplished down there in Jacksonville, looking for a new look after last year's debacle with Urban Meyer. They seem to be back on track. James Robinson looks good coming off of an Achilles. They've got Christian Kirk out there, Agnew. They're starting to warm up a little bit, so Lovey Smith is going to have his work cut out for him this week. Texans are going to get a little bit of help on the defensive line as they have designated Mario Addison to return from IR. He missed the first four games of the season, and he's looking to make his debut today in Florida. Texans also made a couple of cuts this week under the radar here. Chris Connolly. Got cut from the practice squad, looking at an eight-year vet, but clearly not enough production from Connolly to keep him in Houston. The Texans also cut tight end Barrow Brown. Now, I believe most of this is because they're getting more than they were expecting from O.J. Howard. I said it earlier in the season, O.J. Howard, he could be something that Mills leans on for the season. Big end zone target. He's been a little bit productive, so maybe he can pick it up a little bit with less people to battle against. O.J. Howard is going to get plenty of opportunity today because the Houston injury report is officially out, and Brevin Jordan, tight end, will not be playing today. So O.J. Howard will get the looks. Wide receiver Chris Moore is also out with a hip. Look for Philip Dorsett to get some more looks at the wide receiver three. Houston is going to look to move to one, three, and one on the season. Still searching for that first W. And then we shoot up north to Dallas to take a look at the Cowboys. Now, really surprising here with with the Cowboys. Obvious story. Dak's been out with the hand. Cooper Rush has come in. and really handled business, to be honest with you. Um, He's making it less and less important for Dak to rush back. Matt rush, get it, Cooper Rush. <laughs> but Cooper Rush is for real making his case as a serviceable QB, and I think there may actually be a little bit of quarterback controversy. I feel like Dak's sweating this out a little bit. He's nervous. He doesn't want to find himself in a Drew Bledsoe situation. When Brady took over, that was it. Now, again, we're talking about Cooper Rush here, not Brady. But he has made a solid case keeping the Cowboys in the win column. They are 3-1 and right now. Cooper Rush handled business last week. He went 15 for 27, 223 yards, and two touchdowns. They went up against the Commanders, so... Not a massive feat accomplished last week, but nonetheless, they got another W and a division win. Ezekiel Elliott went for 19 carries, 49 yards. That's a terrible average. 2.6, 2.6 yards per carry. Now the credit I will give Washington is that their defensive front is relatively solid, They're still waiting on some folks to return. But between Zeke and Pollard, you got 55 yards on the ground. Add another seven from Cooper Rush on two carries, 62 yards total on the ground. CeeDee Lamb was pretty much all the offense for the Cowboys on the day. He had six receptions for 97 yards and one touchdown. And he was followed by Noah Brown with three receptions for 61 yards. Now, the story of last weekend is that Michael Gallup made his return. Wasn't really expecting a whole lot from Gallup. Figured they kind of ease him back in. And that's kind of what they did. He wasn't a major factor in the receiving game, but he did get two receptions for 24 yards. And in his first came back, found the end zone. So congratulations, Gallup. Solid work by you on your first return back to game action. Now this afternoon, Cooper Rush will have his work cut out for him. He's going against Jalen Ramsey and the Los Angeles Rams. Now they don't look like the LA Rams that won the Super Bowl. Maybe it's because some of the players are gone. Maybe it's because Stafford's a little bit dinged up. There's a million excuses we could look at, but the fact of the matter is they don't look the same, but I'm still not sure that Dallas is even on that level. This 3 and one record here is a little bit deceiving. The Cowboys are going to see more solid play in the next few weeks between the Rams, the undefeated Eagles, and then they've got the Lions who have been an offensive monster. Granted, they have pretty much zero defense, but They keep putting points on the board. Now, a couple players were questionable coming into today's game. CeeDee Lamb, which would be a huge hit for the Cowboys. And Tony Pollard, in my opinion, also a huge hit. But Pollard was pretty much a non-factor last week. So I could be mistaken. But not having Pollard puts it all on Zeke. And I'm not sure Zeke still has the smoke. But either way, both of those players, CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, are expected to play in today's matchup. Dak is not. We've been over that. He's been pressing to try to get back in there. But he's still working on regaining his grip strength, and he's going to need to make some significant strides here to get himself game ready. That is not happening today. Now, I said when all this went down that Dak was probably going to be out about six weeks from the point of injury. I think that's pretty much going to be the timetable. As I said, he's trying to get back. He's he's working on it. I think he's sweating. The dude's sweating, and he does not want to lose that starting job. But Jerry Jones ain't helping him. All the little sidebar stuff and you know radio appearances, et cetera, from Jones have – Been questionable, to say the least. They just paid Prescott. He got the big check, and then he got hurt again. I'm not sure what that does for Jerry Jones's mentality, his thought process on Dak, but after a couple weeks of watching Cooper rush, he may have a little fire in the back of his brain that says, hey, maybe we can run with Rush going forward. Maybe I don't need to pay all this money for so long. Maybe it's time to move away from the injury-prone Dak Prescott. Like I said, could be a Drew Bledsoe-type situation. That's the way this league is. You get opportunities. You take advantage of them. You prove that you can do what needs to be done. And for all the businessmen in the league, if you can do it for cheaper, why wouldn't I keep you around? So I kind of understand where Jones is coming from with the mixed signals he's been giving off into the media waves there. Now, Dak's still a starting caliber QB, so even if they do move away from him, it's not like he's going to have any problems finding some work in the market. I mean, Carolina's probably going to be in the mix for Ray uh, QB. And hey, the Texans, I think he's an upgrade over Mills. Just saying. But who wants to pick up that kind of contract? This is why Brady has found so much success in this league. He hasn't busted a team over the head for money. He likes to keep the weapons around him. But the market will be there for Dak if, if, if that happens to be the case. And speaking of the market, there have been rumblings, a little bit of rumor action going on that Odell Beckham Jr. is looking to get back into game action and – The Cowboys may have their eyes on him. I don't know. It's the NFL rumor mill. Let's be for real here. I have no idea. But if I was a betting man, assuming Odell's probably on his last contract, if he lands one, I think he's probably going to end up either back with the Rams or my personal opinion is that he may end up with the Bills given the opportunity. Won a Super Bowl with the Rams and Von Miller, who's now over there from the offseason. And Von seems to think that he's headed that direction. So we'll see how that pans out. But the Cowboys may have their eyes on Odell for another pass receiver. So the Cowboys will look to move to 4-1 and today in L.A. against the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Now, before we head out of here for today, as... Usual, you will get my fantasy picks for the week. Starting with the Houston Texans. Um, don't start anybody, they're all trash. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Look, Damian Pierce has officially worked his way into the RB1 conversation. Now, granted, it may be a low to mid end, but the way running backs are looking in the fantasy world, it is A barren desert. It is terrible. People just keep falling off. Laj Mitchell, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams. It's getting harder and harder to find fresh, healthy legs. And Damian Pierce has just that. He's been looking good. 130 this past week. Finding the end zone. Damian Pierce should be in your lineups if you have him for the Houston Saxons receivers, Brandon cooks, Nico Collins, wide receiver twos. I'd put, I'd put cooks at a wide receiver two. I put Collins at a three, but Collins has been stepping up yardage. So it really comes down to targets. If you're playing in a PPR, you're always looking for target share and cooks has the receptions, but Collins is getting the yardage. Now cooks found the end zone but that's pretty much the only thing that saved his fantasy week last week if you were in standard leagues and do not get those PPR points. I would keep Davis Mills out of your lineups. Like I said, he's serviceable, but there's other options you can find on the waiver wire. I mean, I'd be inclined to pick up Pittsburgh's quarterback now that Pickett is the guy over there over Trubisky. Now, like I said earlier, Pharaoh Brown out of there, O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard. We'll probably get the start today. Like I said, big tight end target, maybe touchdown dependent. But if you're looking for a streaming option, O.J. Howard might fit the bill. Tight end land has not been great this season in fantasy. And now for the Dallas Cowboys. Really, I've only got two lineup locks for the Cowboys. They have not inspired a ton of confidence. As I said, I think their record is a little bit deceiving. They've done just enough to get the wins, but there's only a couple players that even come close to giving you any fantasy production. And it starts with C.D. Lamb. He's been consistent, had a decent week last week, almost touched 100, found the end zone. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver one, lock him into your lineups. The Dallas run game is something that I want no part of. Ezekiel Elliott does not have the production, does not have the explosion, has not been in the end zone a whole lot. I don't like Zeke. If I was going to take any running back out of Dallas, I would take Pollard. And he hasn't been very productive on the ground They didn't target him a whole lot last week. I'm up on Pollard, but he's kind of a boom or bust flex option at best. Schultz, I'm still fading. Zero receptions, zero yards last week. So not a whole lot there. And Cooper Rush, while he's been serviceable for the Cowboys, I'm not sure that he's serviceable for your fantasy roster. Like I said, he went 15 for 27, 223, and two touchdowns. So I guess, I mean, hey, if your options are Mills or Rush, you probably go with Rush because at least he didn't have two interceptions. So, you know, it has got to count for something. But outside of that, the only other player I have got that's serviceable for fantasy on the Dallas Cowboys is the kicker. Brett Maher, he's been solid all season. He is currently ranked the number one kicker in ESPN Fantasy League. So if you're looking for solid kicking points, which, hey, in my opinion, the kicker is underrated in fantasy football. I always make sure to have something solid, someone with a good floor. Brett Maher is that guy on the Cowboys. And that is going to do it for us this week. I'm Dan Powell and you are listening to Simple Man Sports Lone Star. It's Texas sports only. Drama free. No nonsense. That's all you get. That's all you're gonna get. That's all that goes down here. You can find us on YouTube, all the socials. Make sure that you find us on whatever podcast streaming service that you listen to because we're on a majority of them. Or to make it even simpler for you, just go to SimpleManSports.com. That's SimpleManSports.com. That's where you can go to find all of our content to get your updates on Texas sports and everything Texas sports related. I'm your host, Dane Powell, and I thank you for stopping by again this week. And that's going to do it for us right here on Simple Man Sports, Lone Star.